0: And even um, for something like this, like would you have just asked for I'll just the like, afternoon? I'd just put my out of office so on. Okay. Off, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh Hello everybody, welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry, and in this thirty fourth episode, I'm here with Avery. Throughout this podcast, we discuss opening for the black IPs growing up in Vancouver, influences, balancing other jobs while starting up in the music industry, and first up with RBC X Music. We also play the Dream Fest game. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine podcast. For those who are new to this podcast, Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everyone that works in it, lives it, loves it, and surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a move in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming Avery to the podcast. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Good. to be here. Uh, uh, Great. I'm great. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, We're starting off the podcast with a question that we always ask every guest. Your favorite live show experience as a fan?
1: It's a fan. That's hard. Um, I've had a lot of really good ones in the past couple of years. I've been going and trying to make a point to go to as many concerts as I can. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say Omar Apollo in Toronto was one of the best. It was a pretty intimate crowd and tell a lot of the people there were genuine fans of yeah, the yeah. music uh everyone knew like almost every word hmm. so it's pretty surreal and like especially when he was playing like a lot of his more stripped down songs they were like crowds quiet yeah yeah like, pin drop quiet. yeah so yeah great show
0: you say that you, you you want to go to as many shows as possible is it because you want to apply all these things that you see at the show like for your own show like What's, what's yeah. that, like, what's what's the motive behind going to all these these new shows? That's
1: a good point, to be honest. I think ever since I started playing live, I yeah. realized how much goes into the back end. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. so much, like, uh, prep and practice that you have to put in. Even, like, little effects that get thrown. Like, you have to be, like, right on the money with those. So, yeah. a lot of the time, for me, like, going to live shows, I appreciate a lot of the work that goes into them. yeah, yeah. yeah. Even, like, for me, I've never played ones with, like, the crazy, like... All the lights and effects like that so mm-hmm. even coordinating that stuff is like another level but gives me a lot of um kind of a lot of like an influence and you know experience to kind of just be able to watch you know, some of the bigger names
0: perform. Yeah. yeah where was the Omar
1: Apollo show uh it was a history
0: I think okay yeah. great yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah what about some other like other shows maybe more intimate maybe bigger shows like some some Scotiabank yeah. Otherwise, or, like, I, are, are there some big shows that have, that have influenced you on the live scene, like you're saying?
1: I will say a pretty crazy one, um, and it was pretty surreal for me, because I like, never really, you know, I never really thought I was going to ever go to this type of a show, but <laughs> yeah. I saw um, Usher in Vegas, which was pretty <laughs> oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's wild, yeah. I yeah. mean, I grew up, like, listening to, like, my mom, like, pretty much exclusively listens to, like, that type of R&B side. My yeah, first yeah. concert ever was the Backstreet Boys. With yes. When I was, like, six or seven. Yeah. Um. But yeah, usher was crazy. It was like uh, it was literally like a full like it was like, it was like a play slash a musical. Sure, there was like acts. Like it was crazy to see a show like that. I've never <laughs> really seen one like that. Like there there was outfit changes. Like I've seen that kind of stuff on TV and stuff. But yeah, yeah, never yeah. really like before that. It was crazy.
0: How was the Vegas Vegas experience? Was it like you? Is it like in a hotel? Is it like on the Strip? Yeah, because I know Usher yeah.
1: now is pretty much strictly Vegas. Yeah, he's got he's a big, residency there. Yeah. I forget what hotel exactly it's at, but yeah, it's hotel. It's a hotel. <laughs> crazy, it's, it's sick crazy. though. Yeah, yeah it was a crazy show.
0: For those who don't know, I mean Usher, you gotta check out. Obviously, one of the biggest names, but yeah. is NPR Tiny Desk? I don't know if you saw that. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. They got like twenty-five, thirty people on that on that show. So, so crazy. Yeah. Um, favorite live experience now switching over to as a, as an artist?
1: Um, yeah, again, a good question. Yeah. I've, I've played some really cool shows and I think for me, I think the Canadian Open was probably my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It was through RBCX music. So yeah, I have them to thank for that, but shout I was, out. Uh, yeah, huge shout out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm a huge golf fan. And yeah. I play, sure. I play golf like every week. Okay. So I remember they kind of like were poking and seeing if I was available for the day. Yeah. And I, was, I didn't have many details on the event at all, though. Like, right. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know, like, any details really, to be honest. Yeah. And then they were like, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm in. Sure, I'll do it. Because I just, like, love playing live. I'm happy to just, like, I'll take any hop to be honest. Yeah, and then, yeah. Um, yeah, they were like, oh, I, I think my manager was messaging them asking. Because I was like, please, like, find out what it is. Like, I'm so curious. I'm such so yeah. like a curious person with that stuff. And, like, he messaged them and was like, what is it? And they were like, it's the Canadian Open. And I literally, like, I freaked out. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. for me, it's like it'd be like a basketball fan playing like, you know, like in the in an NBA game. Like yeah, yeah no. So totally. Yeah. I got to like see a lot of the golfers. I was like around the area and the, uh, the stage was cool. I've never actually played outside either. OK, like, sure. All the shows yes. I've ever done have always been indoors. Yeah. So outside was a pretty cool, pretty cool moment. Yeah. yeah. For you, what are the biggest differences for
0: the for outside versus inside playing crowd? I think. Yeah. To be
1: honest. Inside, it's so easy to just get like a really condensed and like sure, intimate, intimate crowd. Sure, outside, yeah. it's like harder to tame because everyone's kind of like all over the place. And like, yeah. you know, people are getting drinks, people are like at the open too. Like, there's games, there's a serious exam stand. Like, sure, yeah, people yeah. are kind of all over the place. So, getting yeah. everyone collected in like an area, yeah, is, like a little hard. I yeah, I yeah. had to like totally,
0: yeah, I especially was, at a festival or at a sort of event like that where you're not the only thing that's going on. Yeah, that's a good totally point. Totally, getting the people's attention is a whole other,
1: other yeah. ball game. And people are there for golf, so they see like me go on stage, and they're like, why is this guy here? So I've got to convince him. Like, totally. Yeah. they totally. what kind
0: of speech are we going to listen to here? I know, seriously. are going to do a dance routine. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, next question, we go into the more of the business side of things. Uh, Erica Badu has a quote. It's, the music, sorry, music and music business are two different things. A very general quote. Music and music business are two different things. What are your first instincts when you when you hear that sentence, uh, and where are you at in your own personal journey in the music business?
1: Um, first instinct is true. <laughs>
0: it's yeah, sure. It's an
1: accurate statement to be yeah. honest. Like I, I remember my first like reasoning with that is I had, um, when I started making music, like I was only about the music. I, I didn't know like anything industry wide at all. Like, yeah. I, I just like was making stuff I liked putting together what I call like mock projects.
0: Yeah. yeah and, yeah. Then,
1: um, yeah I would just kind of like make the music and go to bed and like I never really had like the live experience yet like I was just literally making music on Ableton like that's yeah all I was doing. and then I remember when I was finally getting ready to put it out I had a conversation with my friend who's in the industry and he said are you gonna float it to anyone I was like what do you mean float it to anyone he was like are you gonna like send it to like labels or like yeah, yeah. how are you gonna market it what type of press is gonna be involved and I remember being so overwhelmed I got home and I was like okay I guess I just don't have to make the music so yeah. there's totally a different side to it like I, like, once you make a song, that's the easy part, in my opinion, and then, like, figuring out the, like, whole lead-up and how you're going to market it, like, who's yeah. going to be involved, who's going to, like, you know, be, like, someone that's going to really, like, stick behind the record. Mm. Is there a label distribution side of it? Like, I don't know. Like, all these things kind of, like, all popped up. So, yeah. for me, it was, like, kind of a learning from the hard way type totally. of thing. Like, on the first song, I was like, okay, well, I guess I, I really have to, like, think about this stuff. yeah. It's yeah. all important. So yeah definitely there's definitely a difference between the both for
0: sure where did the manager come into play was it post for a single um was it sort of it was it a friend in the beginning kind of thing pretty late to
1: be honest i mean i'm pretty like i mean i would say i'm relatively particular like yeah yeah uh, sure i just like i'm happy managing myself until the point like that i can't anymore yeah yeah um so i have a great manager now his name's Gene. um and he he helps so much with, like, the back end of stuff and just, like, the admin side of things. Like, yeah, yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't do, like, the email stuff anymore. Like, I I have, like, other things I need to be focusing on. So yeah, yeah. Um, he's been amazing and really, really integral in, like, the whole process. But, yeah, yeah came on pretty late. Like, he, I put out, like, probably a whole album before, yeah, Bloom came out. Before yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he started, like, actually kind of taking more of the reins in terms of the management. Before right. that, it was kind of friends. And then I was doing it myself a little bit. yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually had a... Out of management, I don't know if this is going to divulge any secret, but <laughs> I had, uh, so before I was always like, always the advice I would get is when you're flipping your music to labels, like it's important to like have a manager or like a point of contact yes, that like, yeah, they sure. can have. So I was like, well, I don't have a manager and they were like, okay, well, like you maybe should find one. And I was like, I don't want to find one in my head. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to like post this one. So I have like my like uh, like email handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I created like a management email. Yeah, and yeah. it was just me the whole time, and I I named the guy Mark. So <laughs> okay. if any press or like labels have gotten any messages from Mark, it's me. Yeah, yeah. and then that's anytime right. they want to call, I literally always have to say he's on a plane, and then I just can take it.
0: Sure. Yeah, that's great So, crazy. anyways,
1: yeah, it's a. I don't know if that's gonna like if people are gonna listen. Yeah. Like, well,
0: so that. What <laughs> <laughs> well, What are some of the other like things that you learned like early on without necessarily having a manager that now you sort of like? Are there things that you're grateful for now that gene sort of gives you that you didn't even know existed beforehand
1: i think it's honestly just like outreach and thought like for me i'm just like yeah i'm so in love with the making of the music process that i just like it's so hard for me to think of like creative ways to you know like promote a song yeah or even just like avenues to hit like for example like gene like he has great connections in like the press area and like he's been like working in that area for a while so Mm -hmm. like for me he played like a really really important part in like connecting a lot of those dots for me yeah. whereas I would have just thrown it out on Spotify and been like whoever finds it finds it like very yeah. true like musician I feel like that like it's just like the music will talk but like a lot of times the music does not talk like yeah you need no. to put it in front of ears to, for it to talk so yeah um and then I have Elliot who like does a lot of my uh, creative direction he's, yeah like, uh, he's, does like pretty much all that stuff for me. yes
0: you, you you mentioned Spotify you mentioned It' not always working if you're just putting it out like that. Where is the music industry at for you now, and where do you think it's going? Yeah, just in general, like you know, we're we're in the streaming age, sure, but where where do you find yourself in
1: it now, and where do you think it's going? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the obvious answer is like obviously TikTok's huge. Yes, Um, I like struggle with it though. Like I'm not really someone that like I need to still find my niche in like the TikTok framework. Yeah. and I know streaming's huge, but I've actually noticed that I think videos are becoming like have become a little less uh impactful recently. Yeah, like yeah. a lot of music videos people spend huge budgets on and like they're really not like generating
0: anything. Yes. Um, yeah.
1: And like a lot of the time I feel like they're not necessarily worth the money. I've seen some amazing videos that I know for a factor of low budget. So I think like low budget videos and like throwing a lot of money into like ads and campaigns and like a great live show I think that's kind of where it's heading for me I don't think like crazy like hundred thousand dollar videos are really gonna like be the focus for like labels and people and I think we're already seeing that so yes yeah I think like definitely live I think live performances are going to be huge though yeah putting on a great live show is something that like even for me the first time I my first live show I ever played I was kind of like well I wonder how like much it's going to connect and I remember like I feel like the people that I met that I didn't know at the show that came just for the music, those people have been, like, always replying to my stories, like, with my posts. They're always there for, like, the whole ride. So, like, that's how you, I feel like, truly, truly generate, like, a fan. So
0: Yes, um, and it is recognizing the friends versus the fans.
1: Yeah, that was a big one. I feel like even for my friends, like, my very, very first show, of of course, it was, like, mainly my friends, and then I think my second show I played, I had, like, a little bit of a fan base there. And I remember for my friends, it was, like, the weirdest thing ever. Because, like, there's sure. people there that, like, weren't, didn't know me and, like, were just coming for, like, Avery, not Connor. So, yes, kind yeah. of weird. Yeah.
0: Tell us about, like, the, the origin story, where you grew up. Um, what was, like, your childhood, like?
1: Yeah, childhood was, I uh, honestly don't really have any complaints. I grew up in <laughs> uh, in Vancouver. So, yeah. out west, um, very different than out east here, to be honest. Yes. Like, the yeah. whole landscape is just so different. Um, things you focus on are so different too. Like I remember here, like it's a lot of like food, bar scene, like things like that. Vancouver, it's like hiking, surfing, like yeah, road yeah, trips, yeah. weekend trips, camping, like those things. So I was around a lot of that as a kid, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of was like really into sports. Like I was playing sports pretty much up until I was went to college, like yeah. professionally. And then I went to college and kind of stopped it all. But yeah, I mean, I, I had a really good, really good upbringing in um. Vancouver. I have nothing bad to say about the city. I mean, it is a little <laughs> slow, good. but uh, sure, sure, sure. But yeah, beautiful place. I miss it a lot. What was your musical upbringing like? Like, was it like? Did you have a, like? Do you have do you have siblings? Yeah, I have a weird family. I'm gonna give you the breakdown <laughs> okay, here. Okay, please. Yeah. Okay. So, mom and dad split at eight. Yeah. I was the only kid. Okay. So only child. Yeah. Technically. Mom remarried. Okay. Uh, so my stepdad had three kids from his previous marriage. Okay. So I have three step siblings. Right. They're all kind of around my age. Yeah dad remarried Mm -hmm. he and my stepmom had two kids so i have two half siblings two half brothers yeah sure seven and five um okay okay so i was like an only child and then very much not an only child but (laughs) uh yeah it was a great upbringing i'm like very very close with like every side of my family so it's great it's great
0: did they have any like musical influence on you did they play (laughs) did they play like some some instruments themselves
1: yeah that's a good question honestly i had like my mom plays piano. Yeah. And actually, she won't admit it, but she has a good voice. Um, right. But my stepsister actually was the one who always wanted to be the singer. And she okay. was so tone deaf. Love <laughs> you to death, Maddie, um
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Like she, and I was always like, we, in car rides, like I would kind of sing and people would be like, oh, you've kind of like some decent tone. I'm like, really? Like, that's cool. But yeah, growing up, I was around so much different type of music. Like, yes. Yeah. My, I'm kind of thankful for it now, though, to be honest. Like it helped frame a lot of like what I focused on. Yeah. Like I said, my mom is, like, super into, like, the old R&B, like, 80s, 90s music. Mm -hmm. So I was around a lot of that. And I feel like that music is very, very melody-heavy. Like, it's it's so catchy. And, like, that's why it, like, really, like, makes its mark. My Mm -hmm. dad was, like, really on the alt-rock side. So I was super, super, like, exposed to, like, Radiohead, Coldplay, National, um, R.E.M., like, those, Tragically Hip, like, I could go on and on. Um, He probably has a bunch that he's, like in his head right now too. totally like, why don't you say those ones but yeah. um yeah he that, that was a great musical influence too as a kid though i actually hated that music like i really i was always in the car with him and he was playing it, and i'd be like put on the radio like i want to hear pop 40 and like sure now, now like more and more um years go by and the more i start to like that stuff now yeah, i send yeah, him yeah. like alt tracks that he's like whoa this is cool and like he's so <laughs> impressed that like i like that music now but yeah that's great
0: i have to ask him i'm, I'm... Huge Radiohead fan. Okay, do, you, yeah. do you have a Do you have a favorite record? What do you uh,
1: yeah, I have a few. I feel like In Rainbows is probably my favorite. Yeah, I feel like it's just like no misses on it. Um, but it's true. I love it, and they're like from the basements on. These yes.
0: Are, oh my god, you're speaking my language true. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. They're like Tom's amazing, and like I never knew. I actually was watching the weird fishes in the basement. Um. Like, two days ago. Yeah. And I didn't know, for the longest time, I didn't know Ed did the backups. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's, like, makes that song. for yeah. So, yeah. You have a song, I have to say. I was listening to the discography okay. the other
0: day. And it's very much Weird Fish's drums no, to be getting. Yeah, the yeah it's, the, it's ref. the ref. No yeah, sound. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's okay. The one. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, for me, it's in Rainbows, got to say. Just, it came out at a special time for me. I'm sure we're, like, sort of the same age. I'm sure. Eight, like, eight, nine years old uh when that came out and it just it just blew my mind
1: yeah it's just like I never appreciated it really until I was like probably around like 19 once I honestly started making music that's when I started right I was like I was recording on like loops for so long yes at the beginning of my music journey and then as soon as I started working with like producers like in the room from scratch like it's a lot more difficult but so much more rewarding yeah and then you listen to a song like a weird fishes and you're like you realize how many layers and like things are in that song yeah, it's like yeah, the yeah. most opposite of a loop like song that exists yeah, so yeah. you just appreciate it a lot more i think amazing in
0: in some interviews
1: there's uh yes there's
0: Radiohead but there's also Omar Apollo and Brockhampton as influences how are those how do those now meet with a Radiohead that's more sort of analog um sort of
1: alt indie yeah. 90s 2000s like how
0: how how are you meshing those two
1: yeah that's a great question i think like i've always still had like a really good big appreciation for um, kind of like I would say a, somewhere like in Omar's Lane which he's like, almost like pop but like he has elements of like other genres seeping in Yeah, cause that's kind of how I feel about my music so I can relate to him very heavily in that, that sense but I've just always loved his tone and his writing so yeah. I've focused so much more in the last couple of years on my writing and that's such a big piece for me now mm-hmm. before it was like all melody I was like if it's catchy it'll stick and then now I'm like if it's going to be Timeless and something I want to even listen to in, like, five, ten years. Like, it has to be written well. Yeah. So, I think Omar, like, is a perfect example of that. I think a lot of his earlier work was, like, really melody heavy. And, like, his writing has just gotten better and better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a killer voice. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's big. And Brockhampton, I think, just production style is so cool. Like, yeah. Um, there's like, such a cool collective, have so many voices. And I think, like, their production is, like, pretty crazy. Like, mm-hmm. they, there is, isn't really anyone that's, like, pushing boundaries, I think. Production wise. I mean, there probably is, but like in that realm. Yeah, not They're really seen, like leading yeah. that. We're or, or leading that until they broke up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got some really good stuff from them.
0: Just go, going back to the origin story now, um, how was like the arts and culture scene in high school? Like you said that you were playing a lot of sports, but were you also like in music class? No.
1: Did you do all that stuff? Or is it really just not new. in college? Totally not new. I started trying to, I learned guitar and like self taught off like YouTube in first year university
0: okay first it thing. was like I did yeah. choir
1: I think for like one year in uh I want to say like grade eight <laughs> okay but like okay, early that was, though that was it though yeah, yeah. yeah. I had like no I love music I like listened to it I made playlists like I was super into like discovery but right. never ever thought I would be making it. did your honest. friends like know you as like the music guy or you, like would you
0: create playlists with just like for some of your friends yeah
1: I would say like I mean they might have something else to say about it but Sorry. I would say they thought I had like good taste <laughs> okay but um and, like, I, like, tried to obviously, like, find, like, new stuff that, like, people really hadn't heard of. Yeah. Um, that was always, like, trying to find the diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, a song, like, before it takes off. That was always, like, really rewarding. Sure. So I would try and do that a lot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, other than that, like, never thought of, like, creating it myself. Yeah, I just yeah. love
0: finding it, listening yeah. to it. Fast forward now to, to going to U of T for finance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> discovering that passion for for music as an artist. And I in an article I read, in your friend's dorm room? Is that a yeah, thing? Yeah, that's
1: right. Okay. Yeah. So, I'll tell you a story about it. Um So, yeah, third year university, um I was like my best friends were um this producer named Memblem. He's Memblem now. Um, okay. his real name is Michael and then Noah, he's also a singer. So, Michael and Noah lived together. Yeah. Um on Bay Street and then I lived at Young and Bloor. So, okay. we were like very very close. I would see them almost every day. So, Michael started off um he's from Asia, and yeah. then he started off in the, like, kind of house world. So he did a lot yeah. of, like, house music production. So I remember he um, was always kind of producing in his dorm. He had an SM7B or something that he would yeah. like, track, like, you know, scratch vocals with. Um, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I remember in, like, third year, we all went out to Libertine one night, I think. <laughs> okay. It was a late one. Yeah. We got home at, like, 4 a.m. or something. Yeah. And I remember me and Noah got home, and we kind mm-hmm. of, like, were listening to this loop Michael was playing. And I started just like humming this random melody, and Michael looked at me. and He's like, "Oh, that's cool." I'm like, what? What's cool? And then he was like, "The melody you were singing." I was like, oh, no, it's I, I don't know what it was. Like, whatever." Sure. So he's like, "No, no, no, just like singing into this mic." So I ended up just singing like some stupid like scratch vocal, in, and Noah put something down too, and um, yeah, we had, like kind of turned into like I wouldn't even call it a song, but a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember waking up the next morning at their house because I slept over, and we listened to it all together, and I like. Was like, I'm in love with it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I like just hearing myself like on like something. I was like, that's so cool. Like, I feel like I just like, like it a lot. Now. Yeah. So that whole summer, um, we created a group called 404. Yeah. Which is their apartment number. And I was there every day in the summer. And we made like a song a day, put out an album. And that was kind of like the intro to the music. And then from there, I just started going to like some studios around Toronto. yeah, yeah. Meeting yeah. some engineers. And then I finally heard myself on like a proper vocal chain. And I was like, oh, my God, it's next level. Yeah. yeah. And ever since <laughs> yeah. that happened, then I was like, okay, now I need to, like, start putting my own money and, you know, time into this because I yeah. was making a lot of, like, R&B, like, rap stuff. Right. That's kind of what I started. Yeah, yeah. And then I kind of started to, you know, invest some money in my own, like, home stuff. Yeah. Because I didn't really feel comfortable. Because a lot of the sessions I would do, the engineers were, like, really cool. They would let me, like, have free studio time, but it would be, like, a party. Right. And I was
0: like,
1: this is the last place I'm going to make, like, guitar song yeah, yeah, with like an yeah, acoustic yeah, yeah. vibe on it like sure, no sure. chance I'm gonna do that yeah. and I was like it's important to me though like that's the type of music I like really identify with a lot of times mm-hmm. so once I like invested in my own like home studio that's when I would say I like truly started like developing as right. an artist um, and then from there yeah
0: yeah. what were your
1: first steps after the home studio was it okay now I can
0: start start my own project my own thing and then just, yeah. just bringing some
1: songs that you had already written or is it just like write? Then starting the process, the writing process. Yeah, kind of net new. I mean, as a group, we made, like, a lot of songs together. Yeah. Um, And, like, I live with Noah now. Like, me and Michael are still really close. And, like, uh, we'll always, like, still, like, bounce ideas off each other, which Mm -hmm. is great. Um, But, yeah, honestly, like, a lot of the early days of that was just me figuring out, okay, I, like, I really like music. I like writing. um, And, like, I find it really, like, cool to, like, play music for people that, you know, will actually listen to it. Yeah. I remember the first time it was my conjoined birthday party with uh my friend jill who's in um, college with us we rented out the annex hotel um which was actually a sweet space and yay michael dj and he played one of our songs that we were working on and i remember looking around the crowd um and people were like still like it didn't throw them off like they were like still like dancing right and, like, sure. like, hanging out to it And yeah, i was like yeah, wow yeah. that's like crazy to me like no one like had to be like wait what's playing like right. why is this sound so bad and different everyone's sure, like sure. oh it kind of blends yeah, yeah, yeah. So from that moment, I was like, okay, this is like, this is cool. Like, yeah. this is definitely going to be my hobby. It might be more and now sure. it more. So,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Were there some other moments like that where it was like, um, sort of it like moments where it, your mind changed about something or like sort of like uh, milestones in your journey so far?
1: For sure. I think uh, my first label deal was like, yeah. One. Um, I signed with like a division of Universal for my first project, Bloom. Yeah. Um, and just like having that buy-in was crazy. I was like, I like have no music out, and I have a label on board already. Yeah, like That's yeah. such a blessing. And first live show, that was another big one. I played Golden Hour at, um, oh, it's on King Street. Okay. I forget the exact bar name. It'll come to me. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, they kind of put it on where, like, once a month, like on the Monday, they'll put, like, three artists in front of the crowd. Yeah. It's a really cool industry event. And that playing a live show was crazy because yeah. I was so nervous. I had the other two artists I remember walking in, and I invited none of my friends my parents didn't know, my friends didn't know I was even playing it because I was like, I don't want anyone there. I don't want anyone looking at me. I'm going to be so stressed out. Yeah. And I remember getting there and uh, there was two other girls playing. They were like sitting at a table with their friends drinking like ginger tea or something. (laughs) And then like I was at like uh, my own table. They were like, is anyone else coming? I'm like, no, I don't think so. Probably for me. (laughs) And I was like literally having, I think I was drinking water and then right before I was about to go on, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like shaking, like so nervous. Yeah. So I think I ordered like, two shots and i just like slammed them back and then i went on and performed it was probably like pretty lackluster but for me it was crazy because like i finished and like people were coming up to me asking for like my instagram or like my spotify and i was like really after that like you, right sure yeah um but it was crazy like that just for people that have no idea who you are that like are down to just like listen to your stuff after hearing you like sing it's like insane. yeah so that was a big one and then obviously like the first up with rbcx music program was huge yeah, yeah. um like that type of support like even from a corporate lens like the buy-in there is like it's insane. So I am very, very grateful for that. That was yeah. a big turning point for me. I was like, maybe this could be, you know, something.
0: Yeah. With um with the label, did the, did the label come into play after the first live show, or was it even just before? before
1: which is a big thing. <laughs> That's wild. I know, because usually they're like, I have to see you play live. Yes. At, like, yeah. At least at least yeah. once or like yeah. twice. But I was like, no, I never played live when they came
0: on. So was this just, during the pandemic?
1: Before. Before uh, the pandemic? No, it was actually during. Yeah, it was right at the beginning. That, that they came on. Yeah.
0: Okay. And how, what was that process like? Cause, Cause again, I'm having all these people from the first up RBCX music program on mostly emerging artists. Yeah. And a lot of these people that come up to me, they're like, Oh my God, you have this podcast, whatever. We're also new artists. They have so many questions in regards to management, uh, taking the next steps, labels. Oh, when should, when, when does one artist need to have all these pieces put together? Yeah. Um, what was the process like for you? Did you were you were you pitching Bloom? Yeah. First record. Um what, what was that what was that process like? Was it with Gene? Like
1: what, Yeah, I didn't know Gene at that time okay. actually, at all. So okay. it was it was with Bloom. So I actually had one album fully made and it was called something different before Bloom. Okay. And I scrapped it the entire thing. I was okay. like I'm done. I don't want any of it. Right. So I think I took actually to be fair one song and I put it on Bloom and then I made Bloom. I sent it around to a bunch of random people. Like I would just like cold email off. Like I did the old business trick that I learned in business school. I would like go on like all the major labels' LinkedIn's and like find like, yeah, yeah. who actually works there and like Rocket Reach I think it's called yeah. and then I would find yeah. all the emails. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I was scheming as a in in college for sure. Yeah. Um. But I think I sent it to this one guy. Actually, found me because I, I you know the kid carson show in vancouver it's like a radio show in vancouver okay so no i, I don't I, I played on the radio there and i interviewed there and then this guy named darren lamb who is like a toronto radio guy he's yeah. in vancouver now actually he randomly reached out and he's like hey i really like the music um and i was like do you want to hear my project and he was like sure and i sent it to him he was like i love it mind if i send this to a friend and i was like please send it to anyone you want yeah yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. i literally yeah. don't care like it can fly anywhere you want yeah so he sent it to the ended up sending it to this guy named dale um who works at universal on the radio side um based out of Vancouver. Yeah. And he emailed me back and I was like, Whoa, like it said like you music at the end and I was like, Okay. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Um and he was like, Do you want to get on the phone? And I was like, Yeah and then I remember getting on the phone with him, I was telling him about like my journey where I was at. Yeah. Um and he was like, I think I have like the perfect person for you. So he passed me on to this um girl named Kiki who is started a label called Daydream. She's amazing based out of Vancouver as well. Yeah. And I get on the phone with her and she's like, All right, like um I like love the music, team likes the music. Um any questions, and I was like uh I thought you you were gonna have yeah, I guess i so I asked her a few questions, and then <laughs> she uh yeah, I signed like that week, okay, and it was done, and then uh they helped me put out bloom, which was uh a crazy journey, yeah. yeah,
0: can I ask what what the what the process
1: was like just with them as as a nurse that hadn't
0: re- necessarily released that much, yeah um and maybe not, maybe I'm just i maybe uh going out of bounds here, but was yeah. it did they take the, the whole like emerging artists? We're gonna do a, a whole bunch of things for you, like a three hundred and sixty sort of approach yeah. to
1: it. Yeah, they did. Okay, so they did like pretty much everything for me at the beginning. I yeah, mean, they were a startup label, but they still distroed out of you, like yeah, uh, Universal. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they had the pull, so they like she helped Kiki helped put a lot of pieces in place for me. Honestly, on, yeah, early on, like in terms of press, uh, my first couple of live shows, like they were helping with a lot. Um, yeah, and just like funding to finish the project. Yeah, yeah, and yeah get yeah, it to sure. where it needed to be. Yeah. So. I, uh, yeah, I have them to thank for that, for sure. And, like, for this project that's coming out on the 6th, um, I have, like, uh, I'm distroing through Able, so they've been really good. Oh, great. That. But it's, it's more of the distro side, because I have a lot of the other pieces in play.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. For now, so. By the way, you can talk about the new record, because this is coming out on September 12th.
1: September 12th, okay. Yeah, so yeah. You, could,
0: you could speak freely about the new record uh, as, as you'd like. Cool. Um, I have here, from my research, Favors with John Vinyl. Yeah, yeah, um, I have to ask: Was that pre-bloom? Uh mid-bloom, mid-bloom. mid-bloom. Okay, because yeah. I, I saw both of them were released in twenty 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 two. Bloom November twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um, what was that? I didn't need to ask because you hadn't necessarily released that much music then. when mm-hmm. You go with John.
1: What was that connecting? Were you friends in, in in college? Yeah, this is a good story. Actually, okay. um, so yeah. John and that whole relationship was a pretty crazy start, to be honest. So I had just actually liked his music, to be honest. Sure. And in the process of scrapping that old project I had, because I wanted to kind of just explore, like, more indie, more alternative music. Yeah. That's kind of where I have always, like, felt my lane was going to be. I had all these R&B songs that I, like, really liked. Yeah. Um, for me, I was like, they don't fit necessarily, like, my narrative. Like, I don't think they're going to come out. But, like, a couple of them, I was like, they have potential, for sure. Right, right. So I remember I sent... um I sent them over to, like, a bunch of R&B artists in Toronto. And no one replied other than John's brother, who's his manager, Yeah, He replied in, like, 10 minutes after the email got sent. He was like, hey, what are you looking to do with that track, Favors? Um, I was like, uh, I don't know. I'm open to, like, pretty much anything. I'm, like, happy if John wants to, like, maybe feature on it. I knew that was kind of, like, a bit of a a a bit of a grasp, <laughs> considering, like, my size to his. Sure. Uh, and then he was like, well, I think, like, feature wise like it probably wouldn't work but john like loves a song he wants to cut it right and i was like i had never written anything for another artist right like sure. just yeah. myself so yeah, i like, yeah. didn't know what that process was going to be like so i remember being like i'm happy for him to cut it yeah but the business side of me was like i need to be on it though still right, right. and he was like yeah okay we went back and forth and finally they were like okay yeah we'll give you a verse on it I yeah was, like, okay done Yeah, <laughs> that's great so he was like um so I was texting with John a little bit. He was like, Hey, I just cut it yesterday. Do you want to come by? The studio It's at post office um, yeah. uptown. And he was like, do you want to come by and listen to it and cut your verse? And I was like, yeah, good. Am I doing the second verse? He's like, yeah, yeah second verse. Cool. And I was like, okay, great. So I left work early, went to go to the studio yeah. in the Uber. It's like 30 minutes away in the Uber. He um, calls me. He's like, Hey, um, by the way, I'm still really happy to have you cut a verse on it, but I just cut the second verse and I love it. So, if you want to cut another verse, you have to it's new. So I was like, oh, okay, cool, no problem. <laughs> so I wrote a verse in the car, okay um, well, like in the Uber up, and I cut yeah. it, and that's the verse on the song. Um, that's <laughs> the third verse um, but that's yeah great. I mean they're amazing, amazing people to work with. yeah like, uh, John is pretty much the only one um that I like really really have like grown with in terms of writing. yeah, I'll write for like artists like here and there, but like I really love working with John and his team, and I think his music is gonna like do some great things i worked on the thinking about You" song that he just put out yeah um i helped him write that one and then no feelings as well helped him write that no feelings was funny he actually sent it to me and i have like this notorious like thing that i work really fast yeah yeah yeah. sometimes too fast yeah (laughs) so i remember he like texted to me he's like hey i got this course but i need verses and i was like okay cool so i loaded in my ableton i was already at my computer 20 minutes later i sent him the whole song back i was like here it is and then he was like, Oh, it's fire. And then I'd heard nothing about it. And then like right before thinking about it was coming out, I'm like, Oh, what are you gonna put out next? He's like, Oh, probably no feelings. I'm like, Oh, sweet, like, um, you wanna like I wanna hear it? And he was like, he sent it to me. I'm like, Wait, these are the exact these are the verses that I put down that day. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, I forgot to tell you, yeah, yeah, they're the verses. And I'm like, Oh, crazy. Wild. Wow. But, but yeah, we're working actually on uh his next project together. Okay. So we're Great. working with um a my really good friend Chris Young, who's an, also an artist, but He's uh he's helping a lot on the production side. Okay. Um, but I'm really excited for John. I think his his new stuff that we're working on right now is gonna do really well. So really excited for it. Amazing. What can people expect about your new project? Because it's out now.
0: This is coming out September twelfth. Yeah. What's what's the what's the what's the pitch?
1: Yeah, so I think the so the project actually did get pushed a month, sadly. Okay. So it's October 6th. Oh, um, my gosh. Okay. Is the project. Okay. So, Call Me On Your Way is the last single. Yes. That's coming out yes. on my birthday, which is September 1st. Yes. And that's yeah. with Harper. Um, he's featuring on it. And he, him and um, my really good friend, Anker, they are both part of Good Karma, the collective. And, yeah. you know, Good Karma and Kilometer, in conjunction, pretty much produced the whole thing. Okay. Um, so, it's called Fields of Honey. It's, uh, I think it's seven songs. And okay. And... Yeah, I mean, I love it. I've been working on it. It's been done for a while, so you probably know how how it is as an Yeah, Yeah, after something's done, you're just kind of in the planning phase. Yeah. But, yeah, it it honestly represented a lot for me. Like, meeting those guys and the rest of the whole collective, um, you know, Chris, Rob, like all those guys, and um, some really talented uh, girls as well, like Ramona. Um, It was, like, amazing just being able to, like, Build that project from the ground up. Yeah, like I really came in with like not really much of a concept, just really wanting to experiment. I'd never really produce with people in the room. It's a lot of like Zoom sessions for me.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, I'd
1: get some of those like producers where I'd work like one session with, and then like maybe the next one's like three months later. But Harper and Anker were like every week. We're like locking in. Yeah, and I made something new with them pretty much every week for almost a year. Wow. And these were the these were our seven. But yeah, it was like I mean I have nothing but um, thanks to them. Like they. They like really, really like drove a lot of this project with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't have been what it is without them. And then um, my really good friend Jack mixed it. Um, Jack Emblem, and he's uh, he's a great audio mixer. And um, Dan mastered it. But yeah, it's uh, seven songs. It's it's really really thorough. I wouldn't say there's much of a through line. Yeah, to be honest, yeah, yeah. Which I kind of like. It's a very much like a time capsule project. Okay. Each of the songs, like I literally can remember where they were written, what I was feeling. And, That's like, great. I I really think like because of that and the writing being a lot stronger than like what I've previously put out. Yeah, I, that's yeah, yeah. why I hope it like really identifies. Yeah. yeah,
0: And if you have that feeling, then why couldn't other people also identify themselves with that, that those feelings that you're putting out? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I, I really hope
1: this album will connect, and I, I think it will. Just yeah, because it, it feels really personal. Yeah. Um. And like I feel like I got really like into the writing and worked a lot on that since mm-hmm. Bloom. So yeah. Um, yeah. Really excited for the project
0: sonically, more
1: on the production side of things, how would you compare both Bloom and this new record? I mean, Bloom was um, a great record. It was almost like a stepping stone record, but like, there was a lot of disjointed pieces. So, like, I had different producers on every song. You're right. Sure, um, yeah. Like, I had four engineers mix it. So, mm. like, two engineers would do song A and B, two engineers would do song C and D. So, it, like, sonically is, like, not the most balanced. Yeah. This song was, like, Anker and Harper at the front of the ship on the production for every song. Yeah. Um, Like that, there's a through line. Yeah. Jack mixed it all himself and worked with him out of his house and did it. So it like, sonically, I think really makes sense. Yeah. Um, And like, obviously like the topics and the things that I'm saying might not be as like conjoined, but it's supposed to be a bit messy because I'm confident. It's my project. I always tell people it's kind of like me coming into fruition of like a true artist. Like after this project, I like really feel like I know what I want to make what i want to say yeah um and i feel a lot more clear about like the whole music thing so yeah yeah i think there's a lot of through lines in the sonics for sure sure yeah and but honestly, it's a lot more dynamic yeah. it's a lot more dynamic that's okay. like probably the biggest difference yeah i think a lot of like the stuff on bloom is like a lot of loop work yeah this is like kind of like a Radiohead. there's like uh, there's no loops like, sure, it's sure, all, sure a lot of it's live yeah there's a lot of like different sections a lot of bridges mm-hmm. um bridges were a huge for us actually we talked about it just making like really dynamic and huge bridges yeah yeah, from yeah songs um so that's been a big uh been a big focus yeah
0: were you recording live instruments on the record
1: yeah yeah okay a lot of the drums uh i'd say half half some are programmed, some are live yeah. but a lot of like the synths and aaron paris um yeah of course did strings on a couple of them and they're all live yeah bad man a guy yeah well yeah, but, no, uh, wild. yeah. Yep. but yeah a lot of live elements on it and my next stuff i'm working on. Um, because this project's been done for so long I'm almost done the next one. <laughs> yeah, sure. But the next one is like almost like hundred percent live. Which okay. I wanted very much so. Like I, I just want to make not necessarily a live album, like you know on Spotify when it's like live yeah, album, yeah, I don't yeah, want it yeah. to be that. But I want like all the drums, all the guitars, the bass. Like I don't want it to be looped, I want it to be played through. Yeah. Um but yeah, very live focused. Amazing.
0: Um, what's the dream for this upcoming record? Like, is it more live yeah. shows? Do you wanna is it like is our tour coming? Is it like um, yeah. what's the what's what was the rollout? What's the plan for maybe the rest of this year, but also maybe next year? Just the cycle basically.
1: Yeah, so I'm planning to play a show um on the ninth of September. Okay. Um and then I'm planning also to open for one of my friends. It's not announced yet. No, yeah, you don't his, you don't uh, need to you don't need to yeah, do this uh, but a couple of his shows um in uh November, December kind of time frame. Right. Uh and then I'm gonna do some sort of like interactive listening experience with my project when it comes out. So a lot of live stuff. Um, yeah. The dream of the project, obviously, is like one connection. Like I just wanted to connect with as many people as possible. Yeah. And yeah. like live, I just want people to like notice that it's like a big step from Bloom. Right. Um, which I feel like it is. So yeah, yeah, getting that, I feel like would be great. Mm-hmm. And then I think, yeah, playing it live. I mean, I love the songs so much, and a lot of them are built with live in mind. Yeah. Which I've never really done before. Yes. Either. It's important. So, yeah. So I have like really good ideas for the live show mm-hmm. and what that looks like. Um, so being able to play that as much as possible would be would be huge. But tour. Sure is definitely, like, next step. I think. Like, I don't necessarily know if it's my own yet, but being able to, like, open for someone, like, on, like, a North American leg or something, yeah, yeah, I think that's next step. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh,
0: And then talking about that, going into the live stuff, like, what can we expect? Let's say, like, let's say a fan's listening to this um, or somebody that doesn't know your music. What can somebody expect from a live show? Um, What kind of experience? But also, what, what are you putting out? Is it bands thing, doing tracks? energy i think is there why. you go um yeah.
1: i remember my like first two shows i ever played i was so nervous and like i was nervous people were gonna like judge me or like think it was weird so i was like very like conservative yeah And yeah, then i yeah. think my third show i was playing i played school night at the drake yes and that one i was like honestly like screw it like i'm just gonna go on stage and like i don't even care like if anyone thinks i'm weird like i'm just gonna like i have to give them a show like it's a show right. so like if I'm just standing on there, like, trying to be cool guy, like, it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah like, No yeah. one's going to identify with it. Like, no one else is going to jump up and down if I'm not jumping up and down. Like, you know, I got to bring the energy. So, yeah, I mean, I play everything with pretty much a full band. Yeah. I just, like, lo- I've fallen in love with, like, live performances, and I love when I see a full band. Yeah. I have played a one or, my first one or two sets were just tracks. Yeah. Since then, it's been band only. So, yeah. I'm, like, I think it's a five-piece now. I've had some, like, trumpet moments and stuff come in to play, okay. too um elliot's brother actually isaac he plays uh sax as well and he played sax at school night which was crazy but yeah it's band, um band a lot of energy i've been trying to run tracks and band together it's a hard feat i get it still trying to get there but to try and give it like really cohesive you know energy because i love when like a chorus builds and then like some tracks can come in and like boost the energy even more yeah yeah, yeah. because you can only do so much with like one mic right totally um yeah, I, I really think the live show has been developing a lot. Like, the set at the RBC Canadian Open that I played, I, I felt really good about. And I've been rehearsing for this next show coming up, and, and I feel really good about that, too. So, um, yeah, some covers in there, too. I usually uh, I play, play Yellow by Colton. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, I put a little spin on it. But, yeah, nice. I, I I love playing live. So, like, I definitely think there's always a lot of energy. The band is as tight as possible. So, mm-hmm.
0: To wrap up this segment here before we... Uh, Go on to other things. I wanted to talk to you about the uh, opening up for Black Eyed Peas at the Canadian Open. Open. How was that? Because I was a huge Black Eyed Peas fan as a teen. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Was it like honestly. a weird experience? Was yeah, it cool? It was like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like it was kind you, of you, both. You could be honest. straight up, yeah.
1: It was weird. But, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 no, it was like weird in a good way, like in the best way. But, right, like, right, right, right. I remember like I, I first found out, it was like a double whammy, like I first found out it was the Canadian Open House playing. Sure. So then I was like already like off the walls, like, oh my God, like I need to start prepping. Like I need to do a good job. This is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I found out, I think it got announced through the Instagram or something from RBC, but then I found out like who it was for. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, What the f-? like black yeah. keys, like that's insane. Yeah. And I was like my first question I told my mom, she's like, Is Fergie gonna be there? I'm like, no, I don't <laughs> yeah. think so, mom, but yeah, still cool. Will's though. Will's gonna be there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, and it was crazy to be honest. I know Sage played like directly before them and I watched their set and Sage killed it. Nice. Um, but yeah, it was pretty crazy and I was just being like carted around like the whole like golf grounds and stuff. <laughs> On and, a like, golf
0: cart? Yeah, it was insane. All these like
1: <laughs> Drunk like guys were like there like yelling at me like thinking I was I think everyone was calling me like Hollywood or something and I was like yeah, I'm just, like, just going to <laughs> stage like I don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah it was crazy like it was such a cool experience and like yeah. even like being able to like watch their set too like like I said just like live show wise like they just have so many like you know cool gimmicks and yeah yeah, you yeah. Know, bells bells and whistles so
0: it was pretty crazy amazing but, yeah weird but crazy. <laughs> <laughs> We're back, everybody. It's Cloud Machine Podcast with Avery. It's the 34th episode. Welcome back. Uh, I know it's not a very big pause for you, but for us, it's a little break. Um, We're talking about balancing your career as a full-time finance consultant and your emerging music career. So talk to me about this. Are You're still working at this this firm, I'm guessing? Yeah,
1: consulting. There you go. Yeah. Talk to me about what what your day-to-day is now. Two lives, basically. Yeah. 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 It's weird, man, to be honest. Like yeah. I uh, I mean, I, I work 9 to 5, sometimes yeah. longer, like sure. 9 to 6, 9 to 7. Um and then I make music. It's like really two lives like a lot of the times I mean, I work downtown. I went yes. to school for finance, so it was always I was always like I'm going to be an investment banker and then I did like one internship in that kind of field and I was like I'm not going to be an investment <laughs> banker. Sure. Um but yeah, and then I kind of like uh, you know, threw on the suit, started working and sure. then I literally now Sometimes go to the studio like in a suit, like, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. show up in a tie, and I'll be like, what the f-? but <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I, I have it to thank, like, it, the job and side of things allows me to do so much more. Yes, music. sure, like, I can throw, I don't necessarily need like, I mean, I would like it, but I don't need like a crazy amount of funding. Like, I can, I'm happy putting my own money in sometimes, depending on what it is. And like, yeah. I, you know, it's still like a, I have a great team at work and like a great boss, so. I never feel like I really have to, like, you know, go be too shady. Like, I can yeah, be like, yeah. I have a show in two days, and they'll be like, okay, take it off. Right, right, open. right. Um, even for something like this, like, would you have just asked for just, the like, afternoon? Or? I'll just put my out-of-off Okay, left, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's great. Like, it allows me to do so many different things. And I yeah. still like that side of things. Like, I was always going to be a business guy until totally. music started. And then I was like, well, do I want to do business anymore? Probably not, but I want to do it. And, like, rent. Like, in Toronto, as you probably know, sucks. Yes, totally. So totally. yeah. I have to pay it somehow. Yeah. Um, so and, yeah. and what are you doing at, at, at work? Uh, I was in, like, management consulting, and now I'm kind of in more, like, business strategy. So, yeah. I just, like, help, like, companies basically tell them what's wrong and how to fix it. Yeah. i say it's the best description I could give. Totally. Um, but, yeah, it's a cool space. I mean, we work, like, pretty much in, like, every sector and, like, different sizes. yeah. yeah different yeah. clients. You have good ones and bad ones, but... Sure. Yeah, it's a roller coaster ride. I mean, I like that with work though. Like, I, I I find like really mundane stuff where you're doing it over and over and over and over again. Like yeah. that stuff hurts, hurts me. But yeah. uh, but stuff where it's changing like
0: a lot. It's yeah. cool. How does that help like your current um, career in the music industry? Because I also sort of went to business school. Yeah. And I just know how all these practices help me with all the stuff I'm doing and on the music side. Like yeah. how do how how do specific things in your sort of finance life, and just even school, just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, how,
1: how has it helped you with your music career? Taxes.
0: Sure. Um, I mean.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think the main one for me is, like, uh, it gives me a lot of, like, I did, like, negotiation and all that stuff, like, all through business school. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if this was business school or just me as a person, but I feel like it organized my whole life a lot. Like, yeah. I find I can keep music really organized with work and balance the both, because I'm, like, a pretty organized person normally, but you, like, learn a lot of strategy stuff in, like, school about that kind of stuff, so Mm -hmm. that's helped a lot, and then I think the last piece that I would say is contracts, like, I did a lot of contract review and stuff, of, like, maybe not necessarily music contracts, but they have a lot of the same, like, terms and things, and I remember when I got my first one, I looked through it, and I was like, okay, I understand it, like, it wasn't, like, I wasn't reading, like, a different language, like, I still got, obviously, like, did the due diligence, got a lawyer to look at it, but a lot of it, like, I understood myself, so I, like, really didn't have to, like, you know, pay too much money for, like, a lawyer to read it. Totally. Yeah. Is it
0: sustainable for you to have both the music uh, and the job? Because I am sort of in the same boat in regards to that. Yeah. Um, how are you balancing it? Because, again, a lot of people that are listening might want to have a, a, a career in music, are artist that are listening to get some more tips, tricks, whatever. Yeah. A lot of these people also have other jobs. Yeah. So what, um, how are you, how are you balancing it out? And, and is it
1: sustainable? Um, I mean, depends on your definition of sustainable. Sure. Is. Uh, I'd say it's reasonably sustainable though. Like I have like, the nice thing is I will say that, like I said, the group's great and it's re- relatively nine to five. Yeah. So it's really easy for me to forecast. For example, someone could say, Hey, can you run a session or do you want to run a session that like, 3 p.m. next Wednesday, and now they don't even ask me that because they know obviously the answer is no, I can't. Yeah, but like I have a lot of friends that are working like non nine to five jobs, and it's way harder for them to like schedule things because they're like, I really can only I can tell you on Sunday when I get my schedule, but that's yes. it. For me though, it's like I'm nine to five every day. Weekends are free. Like take your pick. Yeah, if you want a session, it has to be 5:30. Like it's just how it is. Yeah. Um. So in that regard, it's actually really easy to manage because mm. people and expectation wise, they all understand. Yeah. So they know when I'm free. It's not yeah. like a guessing game. Yeah, it's great. Sustainable. It is sustainable though. Like, um, I mean, it's it's hard some days. Like, I won't lie. Like, when I have like prep for a show, but also like finish a deck. It's like, what do I prioritize? <laughs> and like, what happens? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've have, like have run into that a few times. But yeah, all in all, I haven't had too much negative to say about it. Obviously, the dream is like, eventually, music is a one, and then maybe I have like some sort of side thing on the on the side. But yeah, nothing nine to five. But yeah, still working towards that.
0: Is there, is there, like, is there a trajectory where you see yourself not having... Yeah,
1: I mean, I think so. Yeah. I'd like to hope so. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think, like, it's a lot of it's to, with, like, to do with touring, though. Like, I think oh. I, I pretty much have to be, like, at least doing my own tour and then maybe opening for someone a little bit bigger than me on, like, a full, full-blown tour. like yeah. Like, North America, maybe Europe-like. Like, I got to be, like, opening slot on that like gone for like three months yeah and then i think i'd be like okay maybe this year i can give it a shot um, yeah yeah but until that point i think like i'm I'm probably going to be in this limbo yeah which yeah. i don't mind I, I don't mind the limbo yeah totally. and it also i feel like i was talking to my friend jordan the other day about this but it kind of helps you um really like maximize your time that you have for music yes because you know if i didn't have anything to do all day i think i would just naturally become a little bit lazier with like oh i can do that tomorrow but for me it's like okay i have a deck that has to go out on friday it's a wednesday like if i'm going to make this song or like if i have to do this edit like i have to do it tonight like it's like i can't do it tomorrow i can't right. do it friday. so like for me it's like i have like 3 hours like okay i got to be efficient so yeah. it does help me like bang a lot of stuff out pretty quickly yeah and it like keeps me accountable which is good sounds great yeah
0: first up with rbc x music is described as a program developed to showcase and elevate emerging musicians and recording artists from across canada new featured artists will benefit from unique performance opportunities mentorship funding as well as media and promotional marketing support from rbcx music so my understanding of it is that every year rbcx music picks out 20 artists from canada um one being herself uh also luna l that was on last week um is this accurate it is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> How has your experience been with, with the program? It's
1: amazing. Like the whole first stop with RBCX music program has been crazy. Honestly. Pretty yeah. surreal. Like when I got selected, I I couldn't actually leave it to be honest. Like I yeah, did my yeah, final yeah. interview. I had to move around all these work meetings and stuff. And I got on it and I met Jem um and Ian, who's no longer with the program but still like in touch with. Um and they were amazing. And I was like, Oh, this is like such a cool program. And it's such a cool opportunity. Like I I think they pick very well obviously whoever's on the channel sure. i mean i'd hope if i'm gonna picked, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh, they pick well. yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, even the rest of, like i knew a lot of the other people that got picked too and there were mm-hmm. people that i knew through music that i was just a fan of, right yeah. um so i would listen to their music and i was like oh that's crazy i remember in the first meeting they wouldn't tell us who we got picked and then we all met on the zoom and i remember like getting on the zoom and i seeing all these names pop in i'm like you're on it you're on it and i was like messaging them inside. the side. i was like i can't believe this is crazy yeah, yeah um yeah. but yeah it's it's such a great program i mean it really like picks artists and I find so much similarity with a lot of the artists I've talked to in the program of like where they're at in their career, yes. like questions we have. Yeah. And we're all kind of at this point where I feel like we've done enough to kind of um, you know, benefit from a program like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the program just gives you ammunition to be honest. Like it just helps, you know, push you to the next level and like yeah. hopefully get you to somewhere, you know, further along than where you were before the program. yeah. So, yeah.
0: What can one do like what, like for you taking the
1: opportunities that
0: RBCX Music is giving you? Mm-hmm. How how does one sort of bring that, th- these opportunities and sort of capitalize on it
1: after? Yeah, I think you honestly just have to be, like, a really yes person. Like, yes. I yeah. told myself going into this, too, I was like, I'm not going to say no to it. Like anything they right. give me, I'll do it. Like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like every, I feel like, I forget whoever said the quote, but it's always like the, any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, I mean, for, like... For me, I like I love playing live. Like I'm happy playing live. Yeah. I like always wanted to do more of that. They've given me a really good opportunity with that stuff. Um, and then even just like the marketing promotional support for like singles. Like I told you, like I'm just so focused on the music. Sometimes it's really nice having like a few people in the background that are really helping propel it on like the streaming side or the press yeah. side, like things like that. So yeah. I think it's really it's they make it really easy to take advantage of the program. Mm-hmm. You just have to be like kind of willing to like jump in, you know, jump in and start swimming.
0: Yeah. But can I ask you about the
1: application process? Last week yeah. we
0: necessi- we didn't necessarily talk about the application process, but does does one apply months ahead of time? Yeah. When
1: when when did you apply, and when did you get the answer? I can't remember the exact dates, to be honest. Gene did a lot of it. For <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, sure. have yeah. to think, but it was definitely months. Yeah, like it's not something you apply the day before, right? Like it's obviously a pretty. There's a lot of people that do apply, and like obviously yeah. the program is gaining more and more and more notoriety like through the years. So yeah, yeah. I think like it's becoming so in demand that they. Push applications further and further and further ahead. Yeah. They just have so many to, to review and they want to be fair to everyone. So I think, um, yeah, months in advance, if anyone listening is wanting to apply, look early is yeah. my advice. Yeah, yeah. And just get it in. It's something you don't want to leave to last minute. It's like a pretty comprehensive application. They want to make sure that whoever they're picking is, you know, the real deal about it.
0: Yeah. So. I think from, from my research, I believe they announced it in May. Mm, okay. So maybe maybe is it like an early 2024 to, to sort of
1: look at yeah, I feel applications? Like probably start hearing stuff around like, you know, I forget the seasons, but probably spring. Yeah. That's relatively accurate. Yeah. Summer. <laughs> yeah. right there. There it's definitely not winter, but yeah. 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 Somewhere in between winter
0: and summer. Check it out, folks. It's uh, First Up with RBCX Music. I mean, you, you, you probably know a bunch of people that either have already d- done it, that are in the program currently. And, you, you know, you see all these, all these, uh, opportunities that are being given to a lot of these artists and, and they're great. Um, like, uh, of course, opening up for, for, for the Black Eyed Peas or last week's Luna, uh, opening up for last more set or tonight. And I'm talking about tonight, not September 12th, uh, when this is released, but tonight as in August 25th, uh, Katie Tupper's opening up for city color at Butterweiser stage. Um,
1: Crazy.
0: Crazy. so it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of opportunities there. Um, and, um, Go check out the program. It's first up with RBCX Music. All right, we're back. It's the Dreamfest game with Avery on the 34th episode of the Cloud Machine Podcast. We've talked about it before we press the core, everybody. We are just gonna go back and forth on the Dreamfest game. For those who don't know what it is about, it's uh just to learn a little bit more about the guests and, and what they're listening to, who would they want to see live. It, by the way, this is a dead or alive situation, wow. so, it, so it can be whoever whoever, whoever, whoever you'd like. Yeah. Um, so, again, it's headliner, second headliner, opener, where, okay. when, attendance, and the food and drink for the people listening. Um, so who would be headlining this festival,
1: this Dream Fest? Okay, first headliner, I think is easy answer for me. It's Radiohead. <laughs> there you That's go. got to be the headliner. Yeah. I've never seen them in concert, and I would love to see them. Yeah. Prime or no prime good yeah. yeah yeah second headliner um i think just based on the show it'd probably be frank ocean whoa i'd love okay. to see frank live i've never seen him live either yeah i'd like him to sing on like his coachella set but i uh <laughs> oh, but yeah i've i love his music that's yeah. not a shot at him but i do love him what was it with that coachella set i don't know i think he was probably trying to like pull something like I mean, irrespective. Like he's probably trying to do something, like, relatively creative or, like, not been done before. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he hasn't performed for so long, he probably needed felt like he needed to do something crazy. Ever, totally. He could have just like, gone up there and sang one song and everyone would have gone wild. Um, totally. But, yeah, I think everyone's just been waiting for his music for so long. There's just so much pressure and onus on him, like, yeah. doing something crazy and new mm-hmm. that totally. I feel like I would get to you as an artist, for sure. So, I, yeah. I have, a, like, an appreciation for it. Amazing. Who would be opening the evening? Opening the evening, I would say an artist I actually just got recently into who I'm like so obsessed with, uh, Ryan Beatty. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. he just put out a record called Calico. Yes, um, I'm covering actually one of the songs on my next show. Yes, um, ribbons, it's called, and yeah, I, I think he is like one of the most. That was I, I listened to that album like truly front to back, and then I love every song. And yeah, like I think the writing on it is like impeccable. Um, I know Ethan produced like pretty Much all of it, yes. Um, and he, I know he's worked with like Bonnie Bay, who's like insane. Um, but yeah, Ryan, I think, is like the next gonna be my next favorite. So totally agree,
0: totally yeah. Agree. Check it out, everybody. Ryan Beattie is album that just came out. You might have even seen your friends uh share the album visual on a story or something. Yeah, it went around Visuals and are uh, crazy too. Yeah, very yeah. like
1: simple but cool. And yeah, I'm seeing him live actually in September when he comes. Amazing, 12, So amazing. Check it out, folks. Um, now where where would this where would this happen? Okay, so I gave some thoughts to this one. I feel like it would be really cool if the festival kind of happened in like an isolated field somewhere in like Ireland or like Iceland or something like in the hills. Yeah. Like on some like crazy field. Like I yeah. think that would be sweet. <laughs> like not in like a normal concert venue at all. Yeah. But and not near like any houses or like anyone. So sure. I think it could go like as loud as possible. And I do not not like crazy gimmicks or like all these like lights and visuals and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. like really, because like Ryan's like singer songwriter by heart. Frank is too, and like something like on a small stage with like Radiohead playing. Yeah, with yeah, like yeah. Really yeah. good quality audio and stuff. Yeah.
0: Do Oxfordshire Oxford for the Radiohead fans out there.
1: Yeah, um, when would it be? I think this would be in the summer. I think yeah. it would have to be like it would start. I think at I don't know what time sunset is In like Ireland, for example, but like I think it would start at like a uh, six PM. Yeah, Radiohead would come on at like eight, and Sunset would be at like eight thirty. So like halfway through their set, yes, crazy. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like it'd be like a, some like nuts experience. Like, yeah, yeah, amazing.
0: How many people could could go to the to the show? Is it like very intimate, or is it like yeah, fifty thousand?
1: I have a really soft spot for like intimate stuff. To be honest, yeah. I just feel like those shows and seeing an artist at a show that's intimate. Even before they're big, I feel like that's what that's made me like a true fan of so many people. Like, yeah. When I see them in like a 200 person room, like I'm their fan for life. And then I see them in like, you know, a huge stadium and I'm like, I saw them in like a
0: 200 person yeah, room. But yeah. I feel yeah. like people
1: have a lot of pride with that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. So I would like it to be pretty small, to be honest. Maybe like three to 500 people. Yeah. And like in some like really secluded area, small mm-hmm. stage.
0: Yeah, yeah. Really intimate. And lastly, if you had to, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, food or a drink. Or both that could be special only for that
1: evening. Do you have like a? What are your thoughts here? I guess if it's in Ireland, probably like a really like nice cold pint of Guinness would be good. <laughs> there you go. And like some sort of like specialized glass that everyone could like take home. This would be cool. <laughs> I should market for these guys. That's there you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that'd probably be it. Amazing. All right. Well, that's how we finish the app. Everybody,
0: um, um, thanks for coming. Thanks yeah, for, thanks um, for having me. accepting the invite. And uh, great to know a little bit more about you. We have a bunch of connections outside of the, just the studio um, and uh, looking forward to the next uh, next record. Yeah. My next single that's coming out, Call Me On Your Way Out on September 1st. September 1st. Yeah. It, it's already out.
1: Yeah, it's you, already out. You, go, listen yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> go listen now. Um, yeah, go listen now. Check them out at avery.music. That's um, A-V-R-Y mm. music, dot music on uh, IG. Yeah. TikTok as well? Uh, it's in it's yeah. <laughs> in creation. Yeah. Stay DVD. tuned on that. Uh, yeah. I also want to thank those who are listening. I uh, thanks Rachel as well, who's been in the room for these uh, RBCX thanks, music uh, sort of interviews here. Um, but again, yes, want to thank those who are listening. Uh, it's been great seeing the interaction. Please continue to uh, to interact, comment, subscribe, we'll do whatever you got to do to 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 help us continue this conversation about the music business, the music industry. Um, online, it's been great to um, to have you uh, listen and interact and um, do it all. Anyway, do it all. Do it all. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, everybody. See you next week. Thanks. Stay safe. Bye.